Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss the Beatitudes, uh, sort of what the idea around them is, the significance uh, within the um, greater context of the Gospels, and a little bit about why it's ignored um, in popular Christianity. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. Uh, that's what you hear in the background. Uh, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is the place to go. drcrpod.com is the place to go for other episodes of this podcast or wherever you found uh, this episode. Also, Desolate Beauty the Book of Light and Shadow can be purchased at dreamwalkerway.com. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am copacetic today. A little bit allergied up, but not bad. We are... We're going to do the Beatitudes today. And you'll see as all of our planning as usual. But So I think we have talked about this in bits and pieces, but I don't think we've done a full episode on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's come up. May as well just turn it off if you're listening. We've done this thing. (laughs) Yeah, if you're- nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> Go listen to Joe, the Joe Rogan experience. We'll also have another, some more Van Gogh content for you. So, if you were hot for our, uh, <laughs> what was it, Saint Peter? Not Saint Peter, Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent, the patron patron saint of color. For those that don't know, he was a painter, and apparently a racist. <laughs> Was he really? No. Oh, oh, <laughs> I said because of oh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Rather than the content of one's character. So we are going to start today's episode. This is from Matthew 5. We're just going to read the Beatitudes um, and then just jump into, um, into it from there. So this is the beginning of Matthew 5. And we'll go through 12. 1 through 12. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up to a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Because of me, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
Boom. Yes, sir. It's not a very, uh, it's not a, a passage you heard re- re- read a lot. <laughs> no, no. In fact, uh, throughout most of Christian history, what we do with, with sayings like Jesus's main teachings like this. Like the gospel. Yeah, like the gospel itself. <laughs> we turn it into a song and um, so that we don't have to really have it bother us. <laughs> and so we don't have yeah. to contemplate it, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and I say that in a joking way, but it really is, there's some truth to it. Right. Of course. Uh, there's the kind of Christian history is taken. Uh, I'm just throwing this out mm-hmm. here. So I didn't, we didn't plan this well, that's, for five minutes. But yeah, just fucking throw it, <laughs> throw it, it out shows. there, doggy. <laughs> we'll go. We'll but run from with my it. memory of these, uh, you know, these books I've read, you know, uh, is that Christian history has basically taken two tracks mm. with the Beatitudes. The first track would be from the middle, represented the most in the medieval period, in the monastic period, mm. which is, this is the epitome of what a monk is mm. or a nun is. And, and these are the holy, perfect people. But what that does is everyone else can just say, well, they're being holy for the they, rest of us. Yeah, they got They're us. being humble for the <laughs> rest of us. us. <laughs> they got us. They, they take care of it. <laughs> and you throw it on them. And then to get this, the Protestants, what they did, this is this is pretty, this is even slyer uh, from the way the human condition works this stuff. Uh, what they said is that this is an impossible ideal, mm. right? To be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Because he says that later, you know, in mm-hmm. the same sermon. And uh, so what Jesus was doing was setting us up to show us that the law that you can never fulfill the perfection of the law and therefore you need justification by grace that Martin Luther yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, orchestra. And so, so then it's, so then it's just like the hell with it all. And so basically like Richard Rohr says, and like I've quoted many times, uh, the most uninfluential figure in Christian mm. 2000 years of history is Jesus Christ himself. Uh, because, yeah, it's 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 a it's a rocky shoreline to navigate the the beatitudes and then there and then the the beatitudes are almost like the preamble and then mm. there's the rest of the sermon on the mount. So yeah, so there it is. And so with that so with that being so said, what do we do with it? Yeah. That's what I was going to say so with the pushback of like okay, so on a certain level the Protestants are right, right? Like this is a a huge ideal to live up to. Yeah. So, so how do we ta- how do we handle it? How do you, how have you grappled with that? Yeah. Um. With your, you know, on your on your walk with life and 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 you know, I, I might be projecting this on you, so correct me if I'm right. wrong. But attempting to embody the gospels. Yeah. How have you and you know wrestled with this? Well, it, yeah. So in my early years, in my teens and twenties, it would have been more a Sunday school approach, which is try to be humble. And so you, you know, and then it gets more sophisticated. You know, I'll read some devotionals on how to practice humility. And and I'm not saying those aren't effective. Well, it's like a recovery but, meeting. There's sometimes topics. Yeah. And like anytime yeah. that someone's like, oh, let's talk about humility. And I'm just like rolling my eyes. Like, oh, cool. yeah, everyone's exactly. going to tell us how humble they are. Exactly. And so... <laughs> And so in that sense, the Protestants are right. Who can save us from ourselves? Mm. Like Paul, you know, cries out in Romans, who can save us from ourselves? Uh, 
you know, thanks, thanks be to God, uh, only Jesus Jesus. Jesus. Right. And I'm not saying the exclusive, the exclusiveness of the right ideas about Jesus, not ideas of Jesus that were actual Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that didn't really pan out. Um, so for you, the Sunday school approach didn't pan out. Not really because what happened is. I just want to make sure we. I mean, the failure was, it was important because you fail forward. So, so I'm not dismissing, I'm, I don't think it's wasted mm-hmm. time. I think you have to, at least I did, you know, and I'm not saying I, I've arrived anywhere. I'm just saying. Well, I think too, but, like but you said, with the failure, yeah. sometimes you have to come back to those things too, right? Like the quote unquote Sunday school approach, maybe yeah. not, you know, maybe not the same topic, but yeah. different things as you, as you age and, and, and just learn and grow different yeah. in different ways. I mean, so, so as time has, has gone by, so, so I went to, you know, the Protestant route, which is just because you do what your mentors do, mm. which, which in the evangelical world, you just ignore Jesus's teachings and, uh, and you just focus just on go to Acts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or not Acts, Romans. Yeah. Romans, Corinthians, and you pretty much, you know, most texts that most preachers are teaching out of are are the, the epistles of Paul usually. And then you avoid James too, because that he, yeah. uh, he upsets the whole apple cart. James is amazing. <laughs> I fucking love James. Yeah. Luther wanted to throw that book out. Apparently that's, that's awesome. That's the lore of it anyway. But, uh, and so, yeah. So for me, so then later in later years, it's become more of this, this is, and the Protestants are right on that. It is a spirit of the Beatitudes. Mm. And it's not the, the specific ones. How can I be meek today? Mm-hmm. How can I work on meekness? Whatever that even, you know, gentleness of spirit so that I can inherit the earth. What does that even mean, inherit the earth? Uh, and, and, uh, and, and instead kind of look at the spirit of it, mm. which is humility. So I, I don't know how to become humble, but I know what humility looks like in others. And so I can, Interesting. I can uh, build relationship with those, those people. I know what arrogance looks like too. And, and yeah, of course. Um, and then, and the other one would be uh, so humility. Uh, the second one would be uh, simplicity. Is mm. definitely you know if you were to summarize these nine sayings, uh, a lifestyle of simplicity, a spirit of simplicity, uh, and then a third would be. Uh, uh, mercy, I think, you know, mercy and uh, compassion, that sort of thing. And so, so for me, it's it's more of these are resident, these values, these stances of attitude, these these lifestyles, lifestyle choices, if you will, mm-hmm. are resident in the Holy Spirit, in the experience of the Holy Spirit, and and I, I'm dumb enough to believe that the Spirit is working those values in me and trusting that being dumb enough to trust that. And or, then, or, I mean, some might call that faith. Yeah. Yeah. One person, faith, one, yeah. one person, one person's quote unquote dummy outlook yeah. is another person's faith. And here's, cause I tend to believe with you and uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, here's the difference. The difference is the old, uh, the old route would have been, how can I build my virtues up? And that, and that's a secular value as well. You see, how can I become a virtuous righteous person versus how can I walk on the edge of always failing 
but trusting in the mercy of God. Mm. See, there's a difference between those two. Because in one, you've arrived, and, and you know, and the self-righteous, when they start getting together and organizing, they cause massive suffering on the rest of us. Yeah. And so... Uh, well, even if it happens in small... As, yeah. I was remi- remember, I don't remember if it was Seattle or Portland, they started that Chaz, Chaz. where they like blocked off. It was during the summer of 2020. Oh, they started their own non-police yeah, 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 yeah. sector of and, the city or something like that. Yeah. And that was like a bunch of self-righteous people projecting it on it. Yeah. And then people ended up getting harmed. Always. You know what I mean? There was Always. There was armed robbery going on, yeah. theft, like people were getting hurt. Uh, anyways, uh, the idea of your country's exceptionalism, you know, the exceptionalism yeah. of communism or Nazism or, or capitalism, uh, capital, yeah. U.S. capitalism is once you become convinced of your own righteousness and collective righteousness of everyone around you, uh, it's bad things. People are going to go to prison for thinking the wrong things, saying the wrong things. Yeah. People are going to be killed. Uh, it's it's not good. So before we continue down that route, I do want to back up. So we we sort of, t- you know are addressing that Protestant outlook. Yeah. So now the things you listed too, some people listening might be like, you know, this idea of simplicity, this idea of humility. Um, what were the other two? Mercy. Mercy, yeah. Compassion. Um, even though sound like, sound like high ordeal, like high ideals to be living towards. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, so why isn't, the Catholic version, where it's like we send the monks and the nuns off to worry about that stuff. Why is that also a um, a weak outlook on these uh, on these things? Whether it's the ones yeah, you listed yeah. or the Beatitudes, because well, I'm, I'm not dismissing either one. I'm saying they worked in their context, but the other one, yeah, the other one, a modern example would be uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? Mm. January, uh, whatever it is, twenty. I forget the well. No, they it, third week of January. Yeah, it has to do with the Monday where the Monday yeah. falls. So, so Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is his, his birthday, on that day, on social media, you know, it's it's people will put up the 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 King memes, right? Which I've done it myself. Yeah, I've done it uh, to celebrate him. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Where it where it becomes not where it becomes dishonor honoring to King and his legacy is uh, not listening to his radical message and 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 adjusting your life and voting and and getting involved in a way uh, that that his his legacy would would approve of right and so all I did was just I gave some lip sync. Service. I put gave, a nice picture of him. Put a nice picture, but I'm, but I don't have to deal with the the racism embedded in my own lifestyle or the uh, the attitudes or looking at my own attitudes of privilege. Um, you know, when he was when he was assassinated, he was standing up for uh, striking garbage workers in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So he, well, was, he was still doing the work. In other words, well, the know? funny thing, or it's not actually funny at all, but the. He wasn't assassinated because of what he was trying to do with racial justice. No. It's when he started going after capitalism. Exactly. People were like, economic, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 this, this has gone too far. Yeah, there's an interview. I can't, I can't reference it exactly. I don't think it was a speech. He wasn't in, in sermon mode. 
it, it sounds, I've only heard the audio. It sounds more like a, uh, a radio or maybe a TV interview. Mm, right. And he, and he goes into the history, you know, that every European immigrant that came here between, you know, at the beginning of, of the United States, uh, were given X amount of land automatically. And, and, you know, these, Mm, priv- certain privileges. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and so the slaves, they were originally supposed to get, what was it, 10 acres and a mule? I think it's 40. Uh, I think 40 acres 40. and yeah. a mule, but yeah. they didn't, you know, that reconstruction was was halted because of the worst president that we've ever had, Andrew Jackson, or not Andrew Jackson, Andrew Johnson, probably the worst president Wait, no, we've ever had. It is Jackson. No, no, the one after Lincoln, who, who uh, after oh, Lincoln oh, was oh, yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. one who halted reconstruction okay okay yeah. uh and and so so king you know outlines that that history and then he says so when we go to washington i'm gonna ask where's our checks and uh, yeah and yeah. that's the message that got him killed and you don't hear anything about economic justice or you know that kind of stuff uh but we'll sell his image on a backpack, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, and so that's kind of the thing. Problematic on so many different. And it's the same thing with Jesus himself. If I worship him and sing songs with great passion and sincerity, then I'm kind of, my ego can, can trick me into thinking you're good, borrow. You're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't need to really follow him. You worshiped him. And so there, so these are egoic, issues you know and then they become collective and well and it's and it's even it's funny because it's it's i mean what however you want to say it foreshadowing but you know whatever um it happened even during his life you know right after the transfiguration and he's like oh we should put up we should put right. up tents here and, Shelters and worship and worship and, yeah. and and it's so it's 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 very much in our human nature to um, well, we've talked about it on a previous episode, that spiritual bypass, right? Where if right, someone exactly. else is, someone else is doing it for us or, or living that life. And then we can somehow, if we, if we sing loud enough or we do the, yeah. you know, we go to the right church or have the right, you know, once again, beliefs, yeah. our actions in certain, for certain people, not, yeah. this isn't, we're not speaking about everybody, but you can sort of justify those bad actions or not, or maybe not even actions. Maybe just indifference right. to what's going on with some of these, some of these uh, more radical things. That it's like, oh well, that's too big of a problem for me today, to, for me yeah. to worry about. That's for other people to worry about. So, so all that to say, it is a very tricky encountering the teachings of Jesus, starting with the Beatitudes, is a very tricky endeavor. Uh, it, I think what's happened for me, what I've settled into, I probably found it maybe 15 years ago, 12 years ago or so, uh, a prayer that might even be a song that Taizé produced, a group of monks in uh, France, uh, outside of Paris, right? Nope, Taizé. Or Taizé, France. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, it's the name of the town, which is, if it's it's the most... um, what I would compare it to maybe Chaparral. Okay, so it's, it's just a little in, rule. Yeah, in 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 uh, insignificant. Uh, I mean, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But it's like just this little town chilling, and some guy just happened to some guy being the founder of Taze. Yeah. But you know, I don't remember if he bought the church or if it was gifted to him in some way. Um, but it started off as a very small. It was just I think three or four people. Yeah. Anyways. 
Anyway, so, yeah. so, so, so Tizé, shout out to Tizé. Yeah. And it's a prayer that's entered into my regular prayers, my heart, which is give me, uh, the spirit of the Beatitudes, mm. uh, joy, simplicity, and mercy. And so it's, it's a very simple prayer, but it could, you know, it starts with a prayer, right? And, yeah. and then it, and, and so it's, but then, so that's the one part of the dance. The other part of the dance is to not evaluate yourself and so, uh, and that's, that's always a difficult what, thing. What do you mean by not evaluating yourself? How am I doing with humility in my life? Mm. I don't think you can, I don't think that's a fruitful route to go. How am I doing with joy? Am I a joyful person? Those, see, are, those are questions that won't tend to, will just shipwreck you. you know? See, and coming from a recovery background, I would say that's actually, you actually do need to evaluate yourself. So how do you do it then? Um, I, I think you would look at the other side of the coin. So where am I being arrogant? Where am I being, uh, okay, where okay. am I being, you know, what would be the other side of joy? Where am I being a fucking douche? Yeah. Yeah. Douche canoe. Where am I, you know, where, where am I, where am I disrupting other people's lives in, in a way that takes away humility, yeah. joy, simplicity, you know, where am I being over the top in my life? Um, so I, I, I do think there is some. Now, I think there's a, a fine line where you could obsess about it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, sure. I got to be humble in every, you know, you're checking every five minutes. Am I yeah, being humble? Yeah. Was Oh, was that a humble interaction? But like a daily or a weekly or a monthly thing yeah. where you sit down and like, um, you know, and, and it's one of those things where it's tough because you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. See, that's, you know what yeah, I mean? That's, and, and it's like, you have to be able to see. Because I know for myself that I'm arrogant in some ways. But I like to think in most ways I'm humble, right? Yeah. But it can, for me, it's, it's a slippery slope because it'll leak. If I don't check those things, it can, it can grow and yeah. grow and grow. You know what I mean? Well, I would, but I would, if you're trying to keep score with someone else, yeah. also that's another, like, am I being more humble? Like us two, like, oh, am I more humble than David? Like that, yeah. that's a dumb question to ask myself. Yeah. You know, am I being arrogant to the people I interact with? Is it for me? Uh, not a prosperous, a more useful question. I guess, I guess I'm referencing like an example would be John O'Donohue who says uh, no one, he, he brings up, you know, no one has ever seen their own face mm. clearly. Uh, you know, so he's suggesting that we need others, yeah. only others outside of you in front of you have seen your face clearly. And so there's this, there's this interdependence that's mm -hmm. needed. Well, and, and, and so, yeah, I would, I would agree with that in the sense that like, if I'm not, so let's just do the recovery. Like let's step away yeah. from the Beatitudes and just like the recovery world. Right. So if I'm being dishonest or not walking certain principles that I've, I've told others that I, um, I have guys in my life that will hold me accountable. You know what I mean? And yeah. like say, Hey man, um, I heard you said X, Y, and Z. And that's like, yeah. that's not true. You're being dishonest or, you know, whatever it, it might not be that cut and dry. Right. Yeah, they yeah. just might be like, Hey, I've noticed you've been engaging in this thing and what's up with that. You know what I mean? And it's like, if my first, it's funny because I know I, if someone questions me about something and my first, I shift first to defensiveness, mm. 
I might not in that mid moment, but like five minutes later, I'm like, oh fuck, they they got me. Like yeah. they're right. Like <laughs> I, yeah. that is against what my um, integrity would want to live up to. Yeah, exactly. So that's another good point: is that this idea of community to uh, help us grow in 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 these things, in these endeavors yeah. of humility, in these endeavors of joy. Yeah, places where I'm most defensive, where I'm ready in a conversation, when I'm ready for. The torpedo's already ready for mm. the next argument. Yeah, the, the gun, the guns cocked yeah, with, with exactly. the slick that's, remark. That's where, you know, where where the real work of humility, simplicity, and mercy and joy need to take root. And and this is backing up a little bit, but I'm actually really curious. For you, and you might not know, but can you recollect when it shifted in you from this idea of a um, Sunday school type endeavor to a um, attempting to embody and you know what I mean? Do, was there a, yeah. a mechanism in your life that you can recall or, um, you know, did it happen overnight? Was it, you know, a five-year process? Yeah. No, you, definitely gradual. Yeah. And like I said, I don't feel like I've arrived. It's, it's of a course, destination of course, of that course. you never yeah, arrive yeah. at. So of course, uh, I, I think, I think in my twenties, I went into the workforce, uh, teaching, mm-hmm. Uh, with this erroneous evangelical view that I was filled with the Spirit. I was uh, born again. I was sanctified by the Spirit. Nice. I was given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Right. I'm a son of, of God. And everyone else, they're the unbelievers. They're the, the ones in darkness. They're the ones who are in league with Satan. They need to be saved. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and so, so when that, so being confronted with that arrogance of just uh, believing what, Christianity was teaching me, uh, particularly evangelical. Well, and your mentors—that's yeah, how they—that's mentors, th- yeah. how they believe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's and realizing no, these are human beings, and God is at work in them just as much as, uh, if not more than me. Right. Uh, another one, a good example. I don't think I've ever talked about this. My my brother, my younger brother. Uh, so here I was, this righteous—you know—I was working on my righteousness. Get, reading, getting right with God, getting yeah, right with Jesus. Reading my Bible verses, my devotions, feeding the poor, uh, going to Bible studies, going to church, all those things. I'm right uh, here, I am. I'm you know, and and my attitude, even though I didn't want it to be, was God. I thank you that I'm not like my younger brother, uh, and you know, and uh, you know, he's 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 partying, right. he's drinking, he's, he gets violent when he's drunk. Uh, all those things. But then what I noticed was the, the thing that bothered me even then was that the, the quote unquote sinners were attracted to Jesus. Like within the gospel, in the gospel tradition, yeah, 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 the gospel stories, the prostitutes, the, the, the tax collectors, tax collectors, the partiers, the, uh, the WrestleMania fans, they all, <laughs> they all love G- They like to be around him. That Kansas is, City Chief fans. <laughs> Kansas City, the lowest of the low, the Kansas City Chief fans. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they were attracted to Jesus. There was something about his personality and about his, uh, the humility that he, that he exuded, that he was not non-threatening. So here I am. So, and my brother was that way. So, so people were attracted to him. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. And so, yeah, and and these are the people I want to lead to Jesus, uh, right? 
Of course. But, of but course. I couldn't get near them because uh, the, my righteousness was shining too brightly. They couldn't even see me. But here's my brother, and these people in the neighborhood are, are attracted to him uh, in that sense. And it was purely uh, his person. Did you, his personality and the way he carried himself wasn't anything that he wasn't, you know, we weren't rich. He wasn't offering jobs. He wasn't right. selling drugs. Uh, Did you try to justify it away at the time? And this is kind of a leading question, but like, oh, those are the people of the world. So of course they would be attracted to the party guy. No, it was, it was definitely a, an annoying fly <clears throat> Interesting. in my conscious. Like, yeah, why, yeah, is, yeah. why is that the case with you, son? Why, why, why are the quote unquote sinners who would never show themselves in a church. Why are they uh, not interested in talking to you? Uh, why can't they even see you? And then here's your brother, uh, uh, a, a, a public sinner. <laughs> not uh, even a private sinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they all, they all are attracted to him. Mm. Uh, I mean, there was probably maybe a little bit where it was like, well, they're just doing drugs together or something like that. But but that still bothered me. Even but the at, justification of it didn't work because it still stuck no, with you. No, it, it definitely bothered me at 19, 20, yeah. 21. <clears throat> but I had no idea what to do about it Yeah. until I started going out into the, the workforce and then had to deal with people of diverse backgrounds. And then it, I started loosening up. And, and that, that was going to be sort of my next question. Was it like, did you have this like huge shift your first year of working or was it like the fifth year? Or was it just, or can you even, I mean, can you even yeah, quantify I, it? It was early on. So it was, it was definitely in my early twenties. And then my brother was killed when I was right. 23, very early. I mean, I had just, Marshall and I had just gotten married three months later. My brother's dead. Uh, I had just left home at that, you know, I left mm. home to get married and had just started teaching as well. So mm. all that, and so, yeah, so the way that people treated me uh, in that event was Of your very, brother passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. very eye-opening. So the church people, uh, one of them, I think I've said this before. Yeah, uh, man, you have, but, but yeah. do, I, I think yeah, it's Yeah, a man it's, came up to me and said, I have a brother in hell too. And then, and then, uh, and then I found out later, you know, uh, Jacob's dad was, a, was the associate pastor in the church. And Jacob was a kid and mm -hmm. he remembers people at the at his house saying it was because my family were catholics and mm -hmm. that's why this this tragedy hit us and so th so they had that kind of an attitude yeah whereas people from all kinds of different other backgrounds diverse backgrounds mm -hmm. at work were very compassionate to me mm -hmm. and so that was that was eye opening for me i don't think you've ever shared that part yeah, of it yeah about so we're the talking other, middle school kids the other side of the coin yeah middle school kids the new age there was even a guy who was a member of the Communist Party. <laughs> he was more compassionate to me than uh, than a lot of people in the church were. Well, yeah. you know what they say about those damn bleeding heart communists. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so, so that was, yeah. So I think that event, and then just having to survive as a teacher with middle school yeah. kids, because they'll eat you alive, you know. And, uh, and so I had to shift, I think, my second year of teaching from trying to be some sort of authoritarian mm. approach, you know, to more of a, we're in this together approach. That's <laughs> actually, I, I mean, how long have we known each other? Decade, something like that. Yeah. Maso Menos. I could not imagine you as an authoritarian teacher. That's really funny. Oh yeah. No, I could be pretty, <laughs> I could be a little bit intense. I, I mean, I guess a part of me can, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems like a Nash, 
natural transition that you went to we're in this together type, you know, we're on a sinking yeah, boat yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're in a system that's broken. So let's at least enjoy this hour that we have and, and maybe, you know, maybe even learn some English. And, you know, my approach was, I was probably wasn't a, you know, I'm obviously not teacher of the year, but, right. uh, or a teacher of I even mean, the day. <laughs> I say right like I know. I have no idea. But at least, I mean, because my attitude was, look, you're in eighth grade, you're in 10th grade, whatever, you know, I taught high school later, but it was... Yeah, it was part of my stand-up. I would say something like, look, if the elementary school teachers didn't teach you how to read and write, uh, it's too late. <laughs> I, I'm not going to teach you I anything. I, I haven't got anything for you. <laughs> they were the first and last offense, those those fifth grade teachers, you know. They're the ones who really work. Us middle school teachers, I don't think so. Wait, so, wasn't middle school like subject and predicate stuff? I don't know. Which I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I mean, that was learned. Uh, by the 90s, grammar, <laughs> teaching actual grammar as a subject by itself was kind of going out of I out see. of vogue in education circles. It might be back in. I don't know. It, yeah, all that uh, stuff ebbs and flows yeah, for so, sure. But no, it was more holistic language, teaching natural writing language. And so it wasn't, yeah. Um. So... Having that, yeah, having, I mean, I don't even know. So now that when you try to, or as, so since that time and and sort of shifting to this embodiment. Yeah, instead of of, us versus them, light versus darkness, yeah. What would have been the struggles for you for staying on, dealing with that path of embodiment. I don't understand. Uh, so, so we're talking about, you know, you, you, you don't do the intellectualizing of, of humility, right? The, the real, the real challenge is to try to embody it. Right. And so for you, now that you, you know, you've had a couple of decades of, of leaving that idea of, of intellectualizing it and shifting it to a, a lifestyle type type approach. Right. Yeah. What have been some of the struggles for you as far as like continuing on the continue, right? Cause for, so an example for me is like this idea of humility or any, any ideal I'll intellectualize it and then be like, Oh, I need to embody it. Right. And then my, but I'll, I'll naturally start shifting back to this idea of intellectualizing oh, okay. it. So it's like, Oh, I need to study, you know, I need to yeah. meditate more. Like I need to read about meditating more. You know what I mean? Like just as an example of, of something. Um, and it's just like, no, just, you need to just do meditation in your life, whatever that looks like. Um, what, what if, if any of the things of embodying it, have you, have you come across? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I would say because of uh, my background, maybe mm. coming from El Paso, which is looked down upon from the rest of Texas. Uh, I mean, it's not even claimed by the rest yeah, of it. It's I mean, even it's worse, not, it's worse than that. And then coming from the one neighborhood that that also is rejected in El Paso. <laughs> so so there was definitely a chip on my shoulder okay. growing up. And so then embracing that. And I used to use that in teaching too because I teach these Upper East Side kids. You know, at the high school I taught at, there were Jaguars in the parking lot and it was a weird school because you had kids from a, a community called Sparks, which was uh, struggling even more than Chaparral, okay. New Mexico. 
And then you had these kids in the neighborhood that were, you know, uh, triple garage houses, uh, gated communities and that kind oh, really? of thing. So all in the same school. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's so interesting. It was weird. So I would, yeah. So I would just mention to them, I was from Northeast and they were afraid of me. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So I would say things like, you know, if I was in a group, I'd say, you know, I'm David Morrison. I grew up in Northeast El Paso, but I'm not going to steal your wallet today. You know, that kind of thing. But, uh, I might tomorrow, but not today. So I guess, so there was, there was some low self-esteem already there just from, and then being five foot, nothing. Uh, and, and so I think for me, it was more of an issue of, um, humility without apology. Oh, talk about, yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. Or, or another way to say it, maybe confidence without arrogance. Uh, so, so yeah, so there, there must, I, th I'm pretty sure I can't think of it. I do remember making a conscious decision, but I can't remember when Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> of saying, I'm not going to apologize for who I am anymore, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to flaunt who I am either. Uh, just being comfortable just in your gonna, own skin. Exactly. I'm going to yeah, be comfortable yeah. with who I am. Um, and so, you know, a lot of comedian, I was a playground schoolyard comedian, street comedian kind of guy. Which I think the Beatitudes really is. I think Jesus comes from a long line of Jewish comics, yeah. stand-up comics. Right, we've definitely talked and, about and that And this before. is the Borscht. This is his version of the Borscht belt, <laughs> which would have come in the future, you know. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, but but some of the tactic of a, of a comedian, of a funny, funny guy or funny girl would be uh, make fun of yourself so that they don't make fun of you. Mm. Or, or it takes the teeth out of their... Kind of thing. So, so there right. definitely came a point, uh, probably in my mid thirties, probably when we came out here, because people had already decided that we were a cult or we were, uh, you know, up to no good, that kind of thing, and um, and so I, I guess it just had made me have to decide, this is who I am. I'm not apologizing yeah. for it, and I'm not going to be in your face either, and and about it either which i'm sure i was at definitely was mm -hmm. when we first came out here you know uh, particularly with church people i'd be you know how can i mess with this person so anyway well and i th i think so this idea of of just sort of being comfortable in your own excuse me in your own skin so i'm reading back over these poor in spirit mourn meek merciful pure in heart peacemaker like I feel like in able to really expose yourself to those or expose them in the sense of like embodying, embodying yeah, for them. sure. There has to be a certain um, content, contentment, contentment, or humility, or just comfortability with who you are, because it's easy to mourn. For example, alone in your bedroom, whether it's like crying and being sick, right, you know what I mean, right. like. But it's 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 tough to mourn in public, especially if so in the American context, you know, initially it's OK to mourn. But yeah. it's like at a certain time, it's like, all right, wrap it up like that happened a while ago. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. why are you still mourning it? Right. And but if you if you're if that sadness still is on you, why wouldn't you mourn it? Yeah. Right. And, and so I think I think there's a certain amount of being able to look yourself in the mirror and what you're saying, just being like, this is who I am. Yeah. This, uh, 
I'm not going to be in your face about it. Like, it's not like you're looking for um, pity from people when you're mourning, right? Yeah. You're just in the natural state of mourning. It, there's really something I think about this idea of being comfortable in your own skin, which, um, you know, most of my life I have not been. And I think most people are, are yeah. not. I mean, there's definitely a part in the mourning process where you do stand at a crossroads at some point where this this tragedy that happened to you is either going to become your identity at this mm. point or it's going to be just something that it did happen. It's part of your story. Never, yeah, it's part yeah. of my story. And I've, I've seen, and I think you go through both, you know, in the, in the grieving process, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, so, for sure. And, you know, and who am I to judge anybody that's made it their identity? Maybe they need to do that right now. So they go to the graveyard every single day for three hours a day. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's what they need to do right now. I don't yeah. know. Uh, well, I think that's another thing going back to um, this idea of like the Sunday school version of it, right? Like you did that for a while and it failed you or right, it, it didn't yeah. work. You know, I think you this, what you know, what you're saying is like making something your identity um, yeah. that you might need that in the sense of like uh, – and who knows? It might not fail you, but it might fail you as well. And and that just same thing. Like, okay, you can either identify with that failure, or you can make it part of your yeah. of your story, and you just keep walking forward um, in some way, shape, or form. Because it's yeah. If any, you know, if anything is constant about life, it's it's just the continuous change of what what's going on in and around you. I, I think the other thing that makes it relevant to our culture today is that the Beatitudes and the, and the entire teaching of Jesus and the gospel lifestyle and the transformation that the spirit does in someone's life is counter culture to our culture, our, our the U S culture specifically mm, right. of competition. Cause in competition there, there isn't any love uh, or, or the way other way around in love, there is no competition, mm. you know? And so, you know, embodied in the in the theology of the trinity the father is not trying to be better than the son <laughs> he's going to gonna one up the son yeah, and the holy no. spirit <laughs> the concept is is that the father has no sense of self mm. in the father's self because it's continuously forever perpetually being poured into the son and the son has no sense of self because that sense of self is being poured out into the spirit and where is the spirit well the spirit's being poured out over the entire cosmos. And so that's the idea of the Trinity. Well, and even with that, the the one, uh, if, in fact, it was Randall Parton. Shout out to our buddy. Yeah. Or, or is it still, I guess it's still Pastor Randall? Our man, our Methodist man. Our homie. Anyways, I remember him doing a sermon one Sunday talking about this Trinity and um, you'll you'll know the the terminology better, but just basically the the dancing of the the triune God. Yeah, the perichoresis. Yeah, yeah. perichoresis, and um, you know he he quite quite the wordsmith um, for sure. But the way he described it of them, like they're dance, all three are dancing together, and you can't have that dance. Like if one falls off, you don't the dance no longer exists right it's like right. a like a three-legged stool right you cut off one of the legs it's going to fall over yeah type of idea 
And I remember just like that visualization or that, that the wording so I could visualize it in that way really embodies what, you know, with what you're saying now of like one of them, it's not like a breakdancing competition where they're trying to like one up each other, right? right? <laughs> it's like that, like all you need all three of the breakdancers in that particular dance um, yeah. to have this universal uh, universal dance that it goes across the cosmos of, of everything. Right. And yeah. so all inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that really is that idea then also couples with the gospel that that's, yeah, that's what it is. It's all of us in this together. And so, yeah. And so most people in a business context, in a sports context, uh, entertainment context, you know, pretty much, Everything you can't they, you they cannot believe that you can survive by being humble mm. in those you know you can't succeed in business which that might be true by the way uh, you can't succeed in business without being ambitious and being uh, cutthroat, cutthroat yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and competitive and, and getting the edge every way and and that's where the gospel comes in uh, you know in its context he's talking about the power of the Roman empire mm -hmm. on the left, if you will. And on the right, the, the right, the Jewish establishment, the, the, mm. the ones who were profiting off the Romans at the expense of others or the ones who were, uh, uh, the word I'm looking for, we have the industrial, the Eisenhower came up with the industrial, military, the military industrial, industrial complex. Yeah. So the, the religious temple complex okay. of that time. And so, so he's looking at all the victims of those two systems and saying, you're the ones that are blessed. Um, and so, and it was the other way around at that time in the early church, those people who were in the, that establishment were invited to step much lower and come to the love feast with, with, right. of, the, of the Christian table, which would be, you'd, you could be a Roman official sitting next to a slave mm -hmm. and you're sharing a meal. That was completely offensive to Roman values uh, to cross classes that way. And so, and then, and then you see it in the gospels for a Pharisee to touch an unclean right. person or sit, let alone sit next to him and share food with them. So, so that's what he's, that's the undertone of all of this. You yeah. know, and it's the beloved community as Martin Luther King Jr. Called it his vision of the beloved community, right. which is still worth pursuing in your life it's still worth uh, even in all the failures and you will fail every time but you still move forward in it well it's you know we we've uh i don't know if joked about we have joked about it but it probably critique is probably a better word of this idea of like the when the the big uh home church plants a, a church in the the low economic uh, oh, area yeah. of town. And that's like, but, but very few, if, if none of the people that go to the quote unquote home church venture out to this, you know, this yeah, planted they, church in yeah. the, in the bad quote unquote bad part of town, you know yeah. what I mean? And so um, it's the same sort of thing where it's like, Oh, well, we'll send, we'll send our money and some, some people to that, but that's, yeah. that's for them to do. We don't need yeah, to it's for the missionaries. Yeah. For the mission. Yeah. That's another good example yeah. of like the missionaries the will example. take care Let of Let the it. monks do that. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, very much in, in modern day context, we still have these things where it's like, uh, a lot of them are unspoken. Some of them are spoken, but these, these, uh, 
we don't we don't hang with those people or yeah. we don't we don't interact with those people on a quote unquote regular basis and all the all these sort of things which is you know part of it is human nature but part of it too is like we don't like to be uncomfortable no we don't like to have to look in the eyes of someone that that uh you know literally doesn't know where the next meal is going to come from right. or if they're going to be you know today is the 28th there's a lot of people in the world right now the first is right rent is right around the yeah, corner and they exactly. they don't know where that money's coming from and um or their meds their it's diabetes key. medicine yeah all the, yeah all exactly yeah. yeah well and i just <clears throat> or electricity in ukraine oh um, you're gonna make it through the night you know or or if you're a citizen and never mind i won't say that <laughs> i don't know where you're going with that but. Say with the memphis police department <laughs> oh so oh yes of course you're gonna Yes, you're Come gonna make home it after through a the night. routine yeah. traffic stop. Yeah, but really, that's any town um, USA now. Well, I'm well. Not only that, but also, you know, going back to what you mentioned with both of those problems, the problem of the Ukraine and the problem of the the policing is is this idea of the military industrial complex, right, right. right? Like it just we just keep pumping money. Like politicians don't. And this, if I if I get too far out there, you just roll me back in, but. Oh, you, Pol- you're, you're politicians, me to really back <laughs> politicians aren't expecting this Ukraine thing. Best case scenario for DC, this Ukraine thing lasts 30 or 40 years so they can keep printing checks for Northrop Grumman and all these, you yeah. know what I mean? All these Lockheed Martin. Yeah. All, the, all yeah, these. They're making, <laughs> they're, there's, they're making bank. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, I guess we need to get out of Iraq. Iraq, where can we go next? And it's like, okay, let's go to the Ukraine. Right. And so. Um, because we have become as, uh, Americans so, um, reliant on this military industrial complex. And I'm not, I have benefited from it personally. Sometimes you want them on that wall, as Jack Nicholson said, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, it's not a cut and dry issue. I, I, I've benefited from it. I was in the military for six years. I, you know, I get benefits from the VA. Like, so I'm not saying like, and you should get them. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so it's, it's a, it's more complex than just saying like, Oh, the military industrial complex is bad. Um, No, it just needs to be scrutinized and it should be critiqued and reformed just like any, you know, any other thing that's not, not working for the, but from the gospel's perspective, yes, it's part of the kingdoms of this world, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, and the gospel is counterintuitive to those, to the values of those, those kingdoms. So for those that have been crushed and left behind from those empires. Mm-hmm. So that's, and, that's the context of the gospel, the historical and cultural context of it. Well, I think the importance part, important part for, so going back to this idea of embodying it, right? Yeah. Like there are no sacred cows. Like everything should be critiqued. Everything should be criticized. Every, you know, especially if, once things are in a certain place of power and you quote unquote can't question them, yeah. that's, that is the worst place it can be. Yeah, right. And, exactly. and I, I think that's one of the things that, um, well, I don't think it, it's, it's, it's throughout the gospels. It happens over and over again. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. Looking for the things that could not be critiqued and yeah. critiquing it. Right. Yeah. The, similar to a comedian, right? Like. The best thing comedians can do are can find these things that are disproportional in power, yeah. poke fun at it, and and make people around them laugh about it. But also, in the best case scenario, those people that were 
not willing to question that, maybe there's a little seed planted where it's like, oh, maybe maybe that is something to be looked at. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't get crucified for being a nice guy. <laughs> and he didn't get crucified for, you know... The, Walking the party line. <laughs> let me put it this way. The Pontius Pilate didn't say, yeah, let's crucify him so that I can fulfill prophecy <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he yeah, could yeah. die for the sins of the world because that's, that's the evangelical... Uh, spin on it. Spin on it. No, he got crucified for cutting at the economic, uh, the economic bottom line. Uh, and you know what? Paul the apostle, the same. Well, uh, he was he was literally. People forget this about Paul. His his he saw his main mission. People will say was to be an apostle and to spread the gospel. Uh, but his main activity was collecting funds. Uh, millions and millions of, of Gentile pieces of coin and then uh, carrying it with him in the ancient world, which was very dangerous to do. And so he could present it to the church in Jerusalem as an alternative welfare system to the Roman bread circuses. Interesting. And so it was an economic thing. And that's why he was crucified, or not crucified, uh, uh, executed Roman citizen style, apparently. Interesting. I had no idea about yeah. that. Well, the other, I mean, and even to back it up another one, like if you look at, <laughs> at Judas, like he, he, he got financial yeah. compensation for going and <laughs> the, yeah. the funny meme is like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll kiss him on his cheek. And the Roman guys were like, well, you could just point him out. And then he's putting on the chapstick and saying, yeah, no, it never I'll made kiss sense. Him. Yeah. The whole kiss thing, but. I never understood that. But, but anyway. I definitely so, understand that. Judas is our patron saint. He's the patron saint of America. Oh, for sure. Getting shit 100%. 100%. Force the issue. For Make money. it happen. Uh, cowboy up that shit. That's Judas. And he is our patron saint of, of the American dream. Well, and, for and, sure. And uh, the myth part of him, right, is he was the accountant of the, of the disciples. Right, right. Yeah. And so anytime anyone's like, oh, you're trying to say you know oh you're, you're trying to do a spiritual life and i'm like whoa 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 i'm a bookkeeper just like judas yeah, so yeah. don't <laughs> don't don't fucking assume too much just yet <laughs> yeah he was the bookkeeper uh, um uh yeah I don't, who knows what the last 15 minutes of him <laughs> uh do you have anything we're coming up on time is there anything else on your your heart and mind about the beatitudes yeah, I, I, like i said i think it's a natural flow i think people know when they see humility mm. and, you know, and, and so observe those people, you know, uh, yeah, you, you may not get rich off it, you know, and, but just, you know, like in Taoism, it's basically just do your work and let it go, you know, and, uh, and, and again, you know, that, that idea of, you know, uh, yes, there's the idea of I am somebody, I'm going to be somebody, whatever. And you don't even really even right. evaluate yeah, what does right, somebody yeah. mean? Yeah. So there is that. But then what happens is that fails you in life. 99.9% uh, .9 of us are not going to be remembered after 30 years of our mm. dads. So uh, so then there's this, this idea where you f collapse into the other, well, who gives a crap then? Mm -hmm, right. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've been, I found this. I'm going to use it tomorrow at our Sunday. Sunday service, baby. Reflection, uh, by Van Gogh, who we did a, yeah, we did a, 
an episode on. And so he he wrote a, a a letter to his brother Theo. He wrote a lot of letters. Yeah, they were they were prolific letter writers yeah. back and forth. <laughs> this was about uh, this is I think he was just starting his his painting uh, career after failing to be a preacher, you know. And and he said, "What am I in the eyes of most people? A non entity, an eccentric, or an unpleasant person? Somebody who has no position in society." and will never have. In short, the lowest of the low. All right then, even if that were absolutely true, then I should one day like to show by my work, which just have in his case just happened to be art, so you can apply it to whatever work you're doing. Mm. It doesn't matter whether it's art or whether it's you know something that's going to have a, a lasting legacy. Years. It doesn't matter to him. Mm-hmm. Now that he has this legacy, yeah. he ended up in the same place as all uh, yeah, the artists. Exactly, all his uh, peers in the art world at the same time—they're all in the same place now. Yeah, exactly. Physically, their physical bodies. I mean, so so even if it's true that when you come mm-hmm. to realize that you're the you're a non-entity, a non-player in this society, uh, even if that were absolutely true, uh, which it's never is, there's always steps lower you could take. Because <laughs> in in Christian tradition and Christian theology. That's the place Jesus took is there was no one left behind him who was lower than him. Mm. And he took that place. Um, Then I should one day like to show by my work what such an eccentric, such a nobody has in his heart. So, so in other words, everyone has this something to show in their heart. And it might be just to one person. It might be to an animal. It might be to a plant but you have something, you know, to show. That is my ambition based less on resentment than on love in spite of everything. So that's a pretty powerful phrase. Love in spite of everything. Based more on a feeling of serenity than on passion. So it's not like he's, you know, passionately trying to do this. It's just yeah. this, no, this Taoism, this, this, this piece of Christ him. has entered him and he just, this is what I'm going to do. Though I am often in the depths of misery, there is still calmness, pure harmony, and music inside of me. I see paintings or drawings in the poorest cottages, in the dirtiest corners, and of my mind is driven and my mind is driven towards these things with an irresistible momentum. Will you, will you read it one more time all the way through? Sure. So he wrote again this to his brother Theo. What am I in the eyes of most people? A non-entity, an eccentric, or an unpleasant person? Somebody who has no position in society and will never have. In short, the lowest of the low. All right then, even if that were absolutely true, then I should one day like to show by my work what such an eccentric, such a nobody has in his heart or her heart. That is my ambition, based less on resentment than on love in spite of everything, based more on a feeling of serenity than on passion. Though I am often in the depths of misery, there is still calmness, pure harmony, and music inside me. I see paintings or drawings in the poorest cottages, in the dirtiest corners, and my mind is driven towards these things with an irresistible momentum. Beautiful. Yeah, not a bad way to live your life, you know. Um, I think that lands the plane. 
There we go. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for everyone that has uh, tuned in and made it this far into uh, this week's podcast. It was a fun one. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you to Danny West. Uh, he does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to uh, Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, thank you to you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Uh, dreamwalkerway.com. You can pick up his uh, book of haiku. And uh, Please and thank you. DRCRpod.com is where you can find all our other episodes of um, Dispatches from the Verge. And that's a wrap.